passion, drive, and patience. The formula of winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything for you to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has it covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP it needs to be and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil that beach pod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene product. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin Powers chest hair. And maybe you've grown some winter man tits. At least you can make them hairless. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off in free shipping with my promo code Bubba. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full-body grooming game with the Performance Package 4.0. The kit comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or your treasure chest in your pant, doesn't matter. This is the best trimmer on the market. Inside the performance package, you're going to find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Toner, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, and Moisturizer. Because we all know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. Nobody likes nose hairs, so their package comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0 as well. You're also going to get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, about a $39 value, and the patented high-performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxers. And if you're wearing sandals, you're going to need to get the Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. Having the right tools for grooming is essential. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at Manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles at Manscaped.com. Escape.com promo code bubble. Let's do this. Don't mind my adjustments. Uh, welcome to the Anna Hummel Show. August 11th, 2023, Friday. Got a lot of things going on this weekend in life, in the show, outside of the show. Today is a big day for me. Um, I feel like in every woman's life, there's really three major events. It's, you know, you have children, you get married, and you cut your hair off. I really feel like that is the trifecta of events it's very it's a very big deal for people to uh cut their hair especially women and especially when they have very long hair because i understand that most people value um especially if they have like nice hair and they're known for their long hair and it's like one of their signature features to just cut it off seems insane hair suicide um but I've I got the idea in my head last week that I was just going to cut my fucking hair off. Um, not quite like a Sinead O'Connor, um, not quite that extreme, but something 
drastic. I was in the mood for a change. And I was about, I don't know, 30 minutes away from walking into a Fantastic Sam's and just saying, get it off of me. I, I, I'm i tired of it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to deal with it. I can't do anything with it. It's just essentially uh, like it's always up. It's always back. It's always braided. Get it, get it out of here. Um, but I thankfully ran into Nick the Gun Guy. By the grace of God, I ran into him. And his girlfriend is a a phenomenal hairdresser. And I know this because I did some investigation into her work. And uh, fantastic. You know, several calibers ab- above someone that you would find at, say, Supercuts or Fantastic Sam's. So he said, schedule a uh, an appointment with, I think I could say her, Amber. She's been to Barb. Um and I said, okay. And I was only able to get an appointment today. And this was, again, like a week and a half ago. And I was like, God damn it, because I really had, like, the impulse to do it, like, that day. Like, I wanted to go in that day and just just cut it all off. But I was like, this is probably a good thing that I can ruminate and I can think. Because usually when we have impulses... <sighs> I mean, I have no signs to back this up, but I would say that more likely than not, those impulses probably aren't um, leading you to a a better decision if cooler heads were to prevail. So I said, all right, I'll have some time to sit and think and maybe I'll change my mind. And instead, I feel like I've double, tripled down. Like, I'm like, let's get this as short as possible. Now, here's the thing. I haven't had short hair since pre-puberty. So, um... I and my hair was different before I went through puberty. And so I don't even know how it's gonna react. Brian from Philly, $20. Thank you, Brian from Philly. I appreciate you. You're always so supportive of, of me and the show as a whole, the whole operation. Very much appreciate it. So uh I don't even know how my hair is going to uh react, what it's going to to do when it's, you know, shoulder length and above. Um, and I, I've, I've taken a lot of things into account, you know, how my face looks, how, uh, my hair is typically it's frizzy, especially in this Florida heat and humidity. And I've also taken into account, um, the reaction that I will get on the show. Hello, JHM31999 on the super chat. Thank you so much. Very much appreciate it. I hope you know that. Um, take into account the reaction I may get from you guys and for the uh, the mem- from the members of the show, and I've taken that into account. And I've also kind of um, uh, what's the word? Calculated the fact that uh, they you guys will not be a fan, and the people on the show will make fun of me heavily for doing something that most people are regarding as stupid. Um, and I am willing to take that risk. And I, I basically told myself, I'm like, listen, you cut it off. And I know it's like hair grows back, but, and it grows back fast. It does. But sometimes five months, you know, when five months passes, like if we think about what was five months ago, March, maybe you think about March and you go, wow, that felt like it was just yesterday. But then if we think about like, you have to wait until February for something or January, whatever's five months from now, you're like, fuck, that's kind of a long time. Um, you know, time moves slowly day to day, but, but fast when it's, when you think about the past, it's kind of like one of those things. 
like a day can be long, but the the weeks and the months and the years are short, sort of a thing. So I've I've taken that into consideration. I ran the calculations, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. And because I've hyped this up so much, I know I have to go even shorter than you know I normally would, just to really kind of you know stick it to the man because Bubba's like throwing you won'ts, you won'ts. So um, I'm very excited to to do that. And again, this could totally blow up in my face. And I want to take full responsibility in the event that I turn out ugly, that it is not Amber's fault because this is what I'm requesting. You know, you can't go to a, a seafood place and say, I hate crab, but I'm going to order the crab croquettes, croquets, whatever you call them, the crab cakes. I want a crab cake. And, and they go, well, do you like crab? And you're like, no, but I want a crab cake. And then you order the crab cake, and it's the most delicious crab cake that one has ever made, but you're like, ew, I hate crab, and you spit it out. So I just want to say that I take full responsibility um, for the mess I may make of myself, and uh, we're just going to see how it goes. We're going to roll the dice on this one, which is not really, I'm not not one for gambling, but I'm in the mood for for novelty and change. I think that's what it is. And knowing that it's uh, that what I'm looking for isn't to look better. It's just to look different. And I want to make that distinction. And it's weird when that happens sometimes with people. You're like, I don't necessarily need to look better. I just need to change. And I, I'm trying to get to like the inner psychology of of why people, especially women, like they when they change their look, it's just it's such a thing. When you change it up like that, it maybe is it because I'm doing it for attention? Possibly. Is it just that I want to take a chance and go, maybe I can pull it off? I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that I've had a very, you know, strong emotional attachment to my hair. I think most women do where it's, you know, especially when you have nice hair. I've, I have great hair. I mean, it's fried and it's gross, but right now, but it's, it's nice. It's good hair, you know. I'm the type of person that, that people would come up to and go, you know, um, I love your extensions or something. And I just like, fuck, shit's real, man. It's real, baby. So, um, and people have always told me I had nice hair. So then to go and just, you know, cut it off, your, not myself, but to request to just remove it seems like it might not be, might not be the thing to do. But you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. So um, I'm probably not going to post any pictures this weekend. It's really weird seeing pictures of just Tyler behind me. Um, probably not going to post any pictures of the weekend so that we can get a big pop on Monday. So you guys tune in to see how horrible I look. And I'm I'm ready for the wrath of chat. I'm ready for the wrath of Bubba. I'm ready for the wrath of Dan. I'm ready for it. And, you know, it, again, if it looks like shit, I mean, it sucks. Uh, radio used to be a thing where you didn't have to be seen, you know, Um not that I even really lived and thrived in those times. I wasn't even involved in radio. Uh, I was always kind of, there was always like a visual component to any radio show I was on. But I kind of like, I remember what it was like to listen to the radio as a kid and not know what that person looked like. And that was, you know, I was intrigued, but it was also cool to be like, oh, I think they sound like this, but I don't really know what they look like. But we don't live in that age anymore. So I understand that I'm I'm a public figure, kind of, I guess. Yeah, I mean, anybody that puts themselves out on the Internet, I guess, is somewhat of a public figure. So, yeah, I guess I'm a public figure. And that means when you do that, you are subject to ridicule of others. And I'm a big proponent of letting people say what they want to say, even if it hurts my feelings. 
So uh, we'll see how that goes. And that is going to be, I think my appointment's at 3 p.m. today. And so, yeah, I'm looking to take off probably close to a foot. So we'll see how that goes. Could blow up on my face. 81390Bubba. And then to add, um, hopefully not add insult to injury, but to, to you know make the stakes even higher, we got, we got a very special brunch coming up. Me and my girlfriends, there's some girlfriends this weekend. So, um, you know, they'll lie to me. Uh, it's, it's very hard to get an honest answer from your friends because your friends love you. Uh, unlike you assholes, you know, except for a few, but I'm from Philly, Scout and Big Gulf. Like, they like me, but a lot of you don't. And you you make it uh, very known. You're very vocal about how much you dislike me. And fair enough. I barely like myself. But my friends who I hang out with, my good girlfriends, they will lie to my face. So um, you have to just kind of disregard that. I probably won't even ask them, like, what do you think? They'll, I'm sure will weigh in and tell me how great it looks, even if I look like, you know, fucking Bozo the Clown. They will still hype me up because um, I want to say that's what friends do. But you're sometimes you when you're really lucky, like me, um, you have a few friends that will tell you the truth. And I got like one and a half, one and a half friends that will tell me the truth. And the one that will tell me the truth, um, I mean, she said some pretty um, not painful things to me. But things that, like, I know and everybody knows, but, like, friends aren't supposed to say, you know, like, yeah, you're not the hottest girl in the world. Like, she said stuff like that to me, which I know and she knows and everybody knows. But when someone says that to your face, it's like, whoa. Um, But it's a it's it's where we've established a sense of truth so that when she does tell me that I look good or she likes something I've done on the radio or whatever, I know that she's telling me the truth. And that is priceless to know that someone is is properly telling you the truth. And some people can't handle the truth. That's for sure. So, you know, you also have to wonder if it, sometimes people don't want to be surrounded by people who are giving them their true opinion on something. But I do. I I value truth, not even just when it comes to personal stuff, but... When it comes to trying to figure out what's going on, you know, what's the deal with, I'm trying to think like in the health sphere, you know, uh, eggs, you know, sometimes you're like eggs, they say eggs are amazing for you and then eggs are horrible for you. Then it's like you should eat only the whites and then another guy will tell you, you only eat the yellows, the yolk. And you go, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Everyone is telling me something different, whether it's eggs or it's a global pandemic. It's hard to navigate what the truth is. And that can also be the case in your personal life. And I'm the type of person where um, I would much rather you, I respect you for hurting my feelings. Not you, chat, so don't get too frisky. But I'm saying when, when, a, when a good friend who cares about you and your feelings tells you something that they know will hurt your feelings because as collectively we value the truth and they're, you know, somewhat obligated to tell me the truth because that's something that we value, then um, I, I go, you know what, word up. I appreciate you telling me something that's hurting my feelings. And takes a lot of self-development to get to that point where you can separate like, okay, this sucks, but we're we're dealing with it and we're accepting it. So anyways, excited for that. Excited to look worse. 
90 Bubba, if you'd like to call in and uh, weigh in on the conversation, would very much appreciate it. Also, um, you know, it is kind of nice broadcasting to, you know, somewhat of a crowd, a little bit of a crowd, um, because a lot of you have experience doing things that I either am thinking about doing, whether it's Ambien or something like that, just throwing that out there, or maybe a place I want to visit and some of you have been. I would like to know I am I'm I just booked a flight to to Denver for a wedding that I'm was barely invited to. This is now maybe the third or fourth wedding that I've been invited to sans a plus one. Um it's it's like uh what do you call it? It's a curse. It's the 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 lack of plus one curse where I, I'm like a, I'm a fringe friend. I almost didn't make the cut for the guest list, but they let me in the door. But they said they shut it right behind me. They go, "You, uh, no plus one for you. Sorry, no soup for you. No plus one for you." Okay. So I've been going to these weddings by myself, and to be honest with you, uh, it's been fantastic, especially when I don't have to drive. Um, I don't mind it at all, and uh, you know this time is no exception. So we're going to Denver, and by we I mean me and. Let's and I are going to Denver. He's going to be doing his own thing while I'm at the wedding. And it's funny because, like, I think most men can probably agree with this. It would be fantastic to go to somewhat of a vacation destination. However, you know, vacation destination Denver is. But it is. I mean, like, you got the Rockies. You got hiking. You got Pikes Peak. You got fucking Colorado Springs and some. I'm sure there's some caves and some shit and all that sort of stuff. Uh, A lot of trees, mountains. Um, and how wonderful it would be to go to a place like that and then not have to do the bullshit of the wedding. Because weddings are really for, they're for the family and they're for women. You know, us bitches, we love, we love what, I don't want to speak for everybody. I don't want to, I don't want to paint with, with a broad brush here, but a lot of time, I mean, me and my, any, any girl wants to kind of like get dressed up, look nice, and then, you know, uh, drink for free. And thankfully, they're not having a dry wedding. Those are horrible. Don't invite me to those. I don't think I've ever been to a dry wedding before. Um, I imagine it would be not great. Not great. And not so much because there's not alcohol and you need alcohol to have fun. Although, yes, you do. Um, And it it certainly helps uh, ease the social tensions of interacting with strangers for, you know, more than five minutes at a time. Because what happens when you go and see people a you haven't seen in a while or people you don't know and you're meeting there's a lot of like um yep there's a lot of fake intrigue that takes place like oh wow you're a consultant for some fucking shit i don't care about great and there's a lot of fake smiling there's a lot of polite laughing and that can that can stress the nervous system sometimes you're like because you and i'm sure you've experienced this where you just kind of got to take a break you got to go Gotta take five. You just go and you go sit in the bathroom and you go, I don't wanna talk to nobody for the next seven minutes as I sit and pretend to take a shit right here. We've all had that experience where it's just like, hi, how are you? But what really helps and not only like makes it easier, but makes it almost enjoyable is alcohol. Alcohol is awesome for just lubricating social situations that would otherwise be. Awkward, shitty, boring, whatever. Like, you know, alcohol makes you feel like you have a friend. And I'm a great drunk. Not trying to brag. I am a fantastic drunk. Many people are not. 
many people are not good drunks at all, but I'm I'm a good one. Um, I haven't had an episode where someone had to take care of me for many years. I can even tell you the date that I gave up on sh- taking shots and binge drinking. I was like, that can never happen again. And it was Easter Eve of 2019. I call it my Holocaust. And uh, I was, what, 2019, 32, April of, of 19, uh, 32. I don't know if I, I was just coming out of um, hurricane epilepsy. So maybe it was a little bit of uh, the buildup of that. And I was dealing with a lot of stress. And I think it was also, I just wanted to have a good time and didn't realize, you know, you'd think that someone who has had as, as many nights out as myself through college and uh, while traveling and, you know, just being a young person, you would think that one would learn their limits by that point. But every once in a while, even as a bona fide adult, and you'll see this at BARP this year and every year, um, you, you, you just, it gets away from you. You just, it get you're having too much fun. And what happens when you're having too much fun, you want more fun. You just, you, you keep thinking that the bar of fun can be elevated and you don't know when you've hit the peak. It's exactly like gambling. You're like, do we buy? Do we sell more with the crypto game? I want to hold on because maybe, you know, Bitcoin will go up and then I'll sell. I don't want to sell when it's too low. You never really know when the peak is. And sometimes that happens when you're not used to drinking or you haven't had too much to drink in a while or you have a new type of liquor or wine and you don't know how it affects with you and you're tired. How much are you dehydrated? You know, all these things are it's a it's a science. It's like, you know, it's like baking. And so every time you drink, you think when you drink more, you will always have you can elevate the fun bar. And you can until you can't, until you're on the other side of that parabola. And then all of a sudden you're you're tanking and just spiraling out of control. And sometimes that can happen. I've had that happen to me on alcohol a few times. I've had that happen to me uh, with drugs a few times when I got a little um, pill popping happy because I just thought, you know what? This isn't happening quick enough, so let me let me double up. And um, almost immediately, you you regret that decision. You go, why did I do that? Now I'm in a world of shit. You know what? You know what's a mistake that I make all the time that I'm sure you guys do too? Here I am talking about health and fasting and all this bullshit. I overeat all the time. All the fucking time. I eat too fast and I overeat. And then, and then we've all been in that situation where it's like, okay, I, now I just have to feel like shit for a few hours. You're slow, you're, you're sluggish, you, you don't feel good. I mean, and especially, like, in the heat, I feel like if I have to walk around, like, my ankles swell. Like, I'm, like, a full-on pregnant woman, but I'm just full of, like, you know, fajitas. It's disgusting, and you feel like shit, and oftentimes you just want to keep stuffing more stuff in your mouth. I'm like, maybe I need tea, maybe I need more water. It's like, bitch, just sh- sit down and shut the fuck up and stop putting stuff in you because... You're just bloating yourself even more. So that's a mistake I, I make um, a lot. And then you regret it. So um, where was I going with this? The drinking. the Right. It's Denver. So we're going to Denver. Um, very excited about it. Just bought the ticket. And this is where you guys come in. I, I, I traced it back. I walked it back. Um, I want to take medication for altitude sickness. I think it's called Diam- Diamox. 
I think that's the brand name. I don't know what the actual drug's name is. I think it starts with the A, acepetamine. I'm making that shit up. I don't know. I've never taken it before. I don't know, precisely know how it works. Um, but if any of you have had issues with altitude sickness and you're trying to mitigate against it, because here's the thing. I'm flying in, and then the night that I'm flying oh, no, I lied. The next day I'm flying in is event one. And I know that altitude sickness and the malaise and the just feeling nauseous and feeling like shit like only sets in sometimes 12 hours after you land and can last for like three to four days. So I'm really trying to, you know, especially on top of drinking and interacting with people, I don't want to be bedridden, you know, feeling like just complete asshole. So I'm going to try to try to be different this time because last time when I went to Denver, uh, I did not fare well because I just thought I could muscle through it. And I was like, I'm not a pussy. Like I can I can deal with a lot of shit. I'm, I'll be fine. Um, so I didn't hydrate properly. I didn't take uh, ibuprofen, which apparently is helpful. I I didn't drink Gatorade. I didn't do any of the th- right things. And then I felt like shit for like, you know, uh, three of the four days. So I'm um, trying to plan a little bit better. So if you guys have any advice as to how to deal with altitude sickness, um, I prefer just taking drugs. You know, I'm not a big fan of big pharma, but when with shit like this where it's not chronic, it's just an acute situation, um, then I I don't I don't mind take popping a few pills. Okay, yes, yes. Sometimes I am a pill popper. Sometimes it's just the easiest thing to do. Um, and yeah, yeah. I talk a lot of shit about big pharma. I do. I think that they are demons from hell. Um, but sometimes it's fun to dance with the devil. That is what I will say about that. Uh, hello, who's this? Ah, that's Florida Stanley. What's up, Florida Stanley? What's going on? Hey, I have a suggestion for you of what what you can take to help with uh, with the nausea and the altitude sickness. Fantastic! It's called it's called it's over the counter. Um, it's called omeprazole, and it's specifically made for nausea. The thing is, though, it takes a few days for it. You only take one a day. You take it as soon as you wake up. Just take it. Um, you don't. You can take it on an empty. Can you can you say it again? I, I want to write it down. Omeprazole. Met. And you have to take you have to start taking it three days before your trip. And yeah, you that's take how it the other one every is. Every morning. Yeah. Yeah, and and then you continue to take it while you're there. Don't stop taking it. Oh, I won't. I'll take all the pills. Is, yeah. So just one a day and start taking it three days before, and you'll be fine. Fantastic. And again, is this going to mitigate my symptoms or eliminate my symptoms or or yes? It, if if you get nausea at altitude, it will completely eliminate it. Fantastic. Now, do you think if I, well, I guess you're not a doctor, but like I was thinking about just stacking a few things, you know? I mean, it's not going to, look at the, just, it's over the counter. I don't think it's going to hurt anything if you stack stuff on top of it. All right, yeah. Just don't don't take more than one a day. Okay. And you've taken that uh, when you went to a place of high altitude and and you were fine? Yeah, well, and if IBS, sometimes like I'll go days where where I feel sick, so I'll start taking it then. And then in like two days, I'm fine. Fantastic. Um, I will probably take, sorry, this mic is driving me fucking crazy. I'll just have to hold it the whole show. Um, yes, that, fantastic. I will definitely take that advice. I wrote it down. I just want to take all the things so that I can have a great experience while I'm there and not feel like I'm fucking dying. Because last time yeah, it was, it was start, really bad. That. Yeah. That'll help. Okay. Wait, and have you have you experienced altitude sickness before? Because maybe you're just, you know, you're not prone to that not, sort of no, thing. No, I have not experienced altitude sickness. Uh-huh. But I know for nausea, it does help. Okay. So all if right. You do get nauseous at altitude. It is going to eliminate the nausea. All right. Okay. I'll look into it. 
Okay. Uh, thank you, Florida Stanley. Have a great weekend. Yep, you too. Bye. All right. I turned my own mic off like the radio pro that I am. Um, another thing to look out for, the heat. Folks, it's getting hot. You need to hydrate. And I don't just mean in Maui, which is, um, that's a shit show. I saw that there are, uh, I think, a thousand people that are unaccounted for. Yikes. Uh, so that means they found 55, 56, whatever the death toll is now. That's how many bodies they found, but unaccounted for, um, you know, Maui's not that big of an island. I've been once. I was probably at Lahaina, I think. I, I don't really remember. I went to Hawaii twice with my family um, when I had a cohesive family back in the day. Uh, but to think that a thousand people are unaccounted for on a small, not a small, but it's certainly not like a giant island is frightening because I'm assuming that most of those people are fucking dead. And that is a uh, a scary, scary situation. Hold up. Brian from Philly, another $5 drink beet juice for altitude sickness. Are we just making shit up? Thank you, Brian from Philly. I appreciate you. Uh, beet. Beef? Beet. You said beet juice. I'm like, this motherfucker knows I'm a vegetarian. Uh, beet juice. Okay. Um, sure. Yeah. I'll, I like beets. I'll, I'll drink all the beet juice as long as I just don't... Um, don't get sick for the wedding because I, I got a cute dress and I want to attend and be there and be present and not feel like I'm, you know, just trying to play defense. Like, I really want to play offense at this wedding, have a good time with my new, you know, uh, G.I. Jane haircut. So, um, but yeah, the fires in Maui, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, man, that sucks. And then you're like, oh, OK. You know, it's it, it's hard to have compassion for every tragedy that we come across. Although this one is seems next level, uh, obviously because it's on technically on American soil, and we definitely have more compassion for Americans than we do for people from other countries. And that's not to say that's not to say that that's because we're arrogant fuck nuggets. That that has nothing to do with that. It's just closer to home, you know. I feel like you have more compassion for people uh, from from your own place than others. That's just natural, you know. If if something a tragedy happened in Florida, you know, the Pulse shooting or something like that. You go, holy shit, that's fucking an hour away from me. That is close. That is uh, people I know, probably know some of those people versus like, oh, some shit happened in Japan, Fukushima. You're like, oh, fuck. Well, I mean, shit. Hope uh, the hibachi houses are okay. Like you don't, you're just like, okay, it's so far removed. This is kind of middle ground because... You know, Hawaii is certainly America, but also it's um, it's not part of the mainland. I feel like it feels a little, a little different. Like it's it's some land we just uh, you know we just kind of picked up along the way, like a like a Puerto Rico, like a Guam, like a like a Hawaii. Beautiful islands, by the way. Beautiful islands. Um, like I said, I've been there twice before. It is it is is stunning, uh, scenery. Um, and I haven't really felt the wrath of locals not wanting. Uh, tourists there, but it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, you're you're a local and you don't want the tourists there, but the the tourists are the ones that are fee- are are paying for your bills. Like if 80, 90 percent of the economy runs on tourism, you better fucking be nice to those assholes because if they stop coming, you stop eating. So you'd think that they would be a little bit more. I don't want to say gracious, but. Dude, you got great real estate. You, you're living on a fucking Pacific island. It's a tropical paradise. People want to come visit it. Don't 
hate them for that. But I'm sure they get fucked because, like, they have homes and then, you know, resorts come and they go, uh, that's mine now. Get the fuck out of here. And, you know, money always wins. Money, uh, you're never gonna, you're never gonna win against the money, the true money. You can't do it. And I'm learning that more and more these days. And it's, it's very sad. But when we talk about the, you know, when we were talking about people dying in the fire, I don't know if you guys had these like thought experiments or thoughts as a child, but I remember from a very early age, I must've been like 11. I remember, I think I was like in the shower or I was in my bedroom or something. And I just got into like a deep, like hypnotic dream state, but I was awake and I was like, what is the worst way to die? What would be the absolute worst way to die? I'm like, is drowning worse or do you think that burning to death would be worse? Because I think I was learning about, no, I remember what it was. I think I was in 10th grade and we were learning about Joan of Arc and they're like, this bitch got burned at the stake for some shit. I I forget about the story. Joan of Arc, she probably went against something. She was French. The bitch like went against the monarchy or something. I'm probably making this up. And they they caught her. I don't know if they accused her of being a witch, maybe, or just blasphemous or something. And they took that bitch and they put her, uh, they like tied her up like she was going to almost get crucified. But then they just lit it on fire and she just uh, burned to death. And that really disturbed me, I think. I think that was the first time I was I was told of a, of a, a public figure that got burned to death. And I'm like, that's that's horrific. And I'm like, what would be worse, that or drowning? Because drowning seems like pretty shitty too. So, um, yeah, when we talk about that sort of stuff, I'm always like, what is the worst way to die? What would be the worst? And you just hope that your body has been engineered in such a way where when it gets really bad, it just shuts off. Like Dan was saying, you lose consciousness because the pain is too great. Um, like that would be great. Or the, maybe the adrenaline is so high We've all been in a situation, I'm sure, where, you know, you fall down in front of a crowd of people, you twist your ankle, you fuck up, and you don't even really feel it because you're just like, you scramble to stand up, and you, but you fucked your knee up, and then, you know, an hour or so later when the adrenaline, when the blanket of adrenaline dissolves, you're like, ouch, I'm in a lot of pain. That's kind of what happened with my knee situation when I fucked up my MCL, and then I don't know if you can see this big goose head. It's fucking really sore on my head. I got um I got smacked in the knee in my head. Uh same person, by the way, that uh that fucked my knee up. Great guy, by the way. Lo- like love him. He's great. It's just kind of like a, a a comedy of errors of every time, you know, he does something dumb or I do something dumb we dumb, we always happen to do it together. So on Wednesday, I believe, I was I was trying to spin on my back like I was a ninja turtle during jujitsu and um I I tried to spin and he tried to like pass my guard or something and his knee just went right right there. And I just remember thinking like that is certainly gonna leave a mark. Um and it just kinda I've just I felt a little goose egg pop up so it's a little it's a little swollen, but not not a big deal. Not a big deal. Hold on the collar, I'm gonna put you on hold. Um so yeah uh, it, and that actually did hurt in the moment. I was like, oh, does that really fucking hurt? Um, but when I fucked my knee up, or when he fucked my knee up, I should say, uh, uh, it was painful in the moment, but, like, I immediately started doing jumping jacks and, like, running around trying to prove to him and myself that I was okay, even though I screamed bloody murder, 
you know, uh, I think uh, I was telling a friend about it. They're like, well, did you tap? And I'm like, no, I didn't tap. I screamed bloody murder. It was it, a tap was too would have been too delayed a response. I was just like, because ah! I just felt my knee just like stretch in a way that it was not supposed to. Um, it was a it was a horrifying feeling because I'm like, oh, it's going to it's going to rupture. Like, it, it, so I screamed. And then thankfully the, the knee was was saved. It was fucked up a little bit, but you know, nothing, nothing that that bad, that extreme or anything like that. So um yeah, we're we're lucky that we're kind of engineered in a way where the, where our brain protects us and we just start to we either pass out from pain, like Bubba when he was skydiving and um it ripped the inside of his skin or some shit and he just went out. You know, because the brain goes, you know what? We don't need to be dealing with this bullshit. And you just you just kind of knock out. And that's really the best case scenario. So, yeah, I, I'd like to think a lot about lots of things. Like, what's the worst way to die? Those are some of my bedtime thoughts. What are yours? 81390-BUBBA. Hello. Who might I have the pleasure hey. with speaking hello? with today? Yes, hello. Can you hear me? I sure can. Who's this? Listen, my name is Marius, and uh, I just have a comment about La Haina. If you uh, ever been there, uh, you have to understand La Haina. It's in a very remote loca- location of the island. It's a remote? It's is that what you said? Access very far away. On, okay, so I maybe I have the, not been there. On the western side. Got it, the west side. However, however, the access to it, it's about... 20 miles out of the nearest location, you have only one lane going on very narrow bridges on the land. The access mainly can be done through water, but I'm not sure if uh, there's fires everywhere. So probably the access there, that's why they cannot find people and they they cannot uh, get into it because it's very hard to reach. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't That's know what, all what I have. Okay, well, thank yes. you for that information. I I didn't know. I thought I'd been to Lahaina, but you know, when to the untrained ear, Lahaina, no. Koala. If you would have been, you would remember. And okay. you were very correct about people being. I only went once there, and uh, when I was living in California. Yeah. And uh, and people were very very mean to outsiders. You That's, know, especially that, in Lahaina. Isn't that strange? <laughs> like, why are you being shitty to the hand that feeds you? I mean, I understand because it's like, you know, you're traversing on their land and I, I understand they were kind of, um, characterized, not care. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, uh, like a caricature of their culture, you know, like they do the luau and they wear the, the hibiscus flower and it's like, dude, what the fuck? Like that's our culture. And you're just kind of, you know, it's a gimmick to you. So maybe that's kind of how they view it perhaps. I don't know. Well, they, they, I'm, I'm sure they're. They're very proud of their ancestry and 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 uh, legacy and everything else history, but uh, I felt I mean I went to a in La Haina I went I stopped to a to a, a Publix or whatever a Safeway they have there yeah and uh, they just uh, a guy just uh, uh, my my wife stopped the car in the front of the store so I can uh, go really quick inside and while she was waiting outside and the guy just got on my note and start yelling at me and I almost had a you know a skirmish with there with him but oh, no. I didn't feel I mean well, and, where are you from yeah, sir I, I mean you're not from- oh I'm 
I was born in Eastern Europe. I was born in Romania, and uh, oh, okay. I live here for for many, many years. Okay, and, uh, I'm like, because I was wondering, maybe you could just claim that you know you also hate these white tourists too, but you're kind of white, so it's no, hard to... I'm not hating anybody because mm. I'm um, unlike you guys that are from here. I wasn't born here, and I wasn't born here either. The country. Well, the country where I was born, actually, uh, we I never knew about race and about hate and about anything like that all because we. We, I mean, my, what country? my hometown was, uh, I was born in Romania. I said, that oh, earlier. sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I was in my head. Okay, I was, so I was just listening to a story yesterday about, about a girl that was born in Kosovo. So I was like, you know, thinking about no, that. No, no, no. That's, that's in Yugoslavia, former Yugoslavia. I, I understand that, but, but it's, you know, in the region. Romania, it's, uh, in Romania, I was born in a city which, uh, um, uh, when, where the Germans emigrated by by the beginning of the the Industrial Revolution yeah. in 1293, there is a church there standing today, building or 1273 something like that. Yeah, and uh, we were a melting pot in 1600, <laughs> mm. so we never learned. I mean, there was no race there. Obviously, sure, people say things, but I hear people are too sensitive anyway. Right. Um, how do you feel about your country uh, housing Andrew Tate? He seems to to love Romania. He, he speaks very highly of it, even though he said it's ruled by Ooh. the mob. Um, Who love Romania? Uh, love Andrew Romania? Tate lives there. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get when you're talking through Mint Mobile. I mean, I can't believe that I've been living some other life with all this scratchy mobile when I can get crystal clear and the best mobile through Mint Mobile. And I can do it all for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. I can afford this. How much have I been paying on my other plan? Probably getting gouged. But it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plan. I mean, I'm talking jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Say goodbye to all that nonsense. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with a premium wireless plan starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. That's mintmobile.com forward slash B-U-B-B-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to 15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plans. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh, Andrew, thank yeah. you. I saw the interview, Tucker interviews. Listen, I, I to be honest with you, yeah. uh, before I saw the interview, uh, I never 
I never knew who Andrew Andrew Tate Andrew Tate was. Really? Because he's been pretty hot, yeah, probably for the last year. He must, yeah, in, in the last year. But he apparently, uh, post interview, I realized that he lives there for lived there for about seven years. Yes. And uh, listen to me. Uh, if you any anybody from outside, Romania is a very nice country. People are very friendly. It's not used not to be too much criminality, and even today it's pretty. I mean, there is a lot of corruption. Put it this way. Yes, but, uh, that's what he was saying. That, he was saying that he, you know, takes advantage of it because he knows how to swindle the right people. Seemed like. Well, listen, that's that's what happened in corrupted country. You know, you know what? That's what happens in every you. country because every country is a corrupted country because every government I, I, is corrupt. That's true. That's true. some more I, than I, others, I, of I, course, but. Some more than others, but over there in the former in the former Eastern Bloc, it's a lot of corruption that mm-hmm. can never could never be eradicated. And unfortunately, what happened? Yeah. A lot of the a lot of so-called Western uh, uh, democracies uh, got uh, rubbed off on this corruption, you know. And now everybody wants to because some, for some reason everybody just sees uh, dollars, the dollar signs. I mean, money signs, you know, and they want to have yes, more money. Yes, they but, do. I think that's just humanly, you know. Yeah, just human nature. Just human... All right. Well, anyway, th- th- thank you, so... Mr. Romania. I appreciate you very much. What was your first name again? Marius, M-A-R-I-U-S, Marius. Marius. Okay, wonderful. Thank you, Marius, for calling in. I appreciate you and your insights, certainly. And uh, and uh, I I just uh, want to, I, I wanted to call earlier, but during the show when they talk earlier, but I, I couldn't get through. Anyway, nice talking to you, Anna, and... Uh, I, I, unlike others, I like you. So. Oh, unlike others. Thank you, Morris. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful weekend, okay, my friend? You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We'll take another call. I'm feeling very call um, call happy today. So, hello. Who's this? Hey, Anna. Hey, guy. Hey, this is Rollo from Michigan. I just wanted to R- turn Rollo? What, what was your bit. first name? Huh? What was your first name? Rollo from Michigan. I've Wall- called him before. Rollo. Okay. Anyways, yep. I just wanted to chime in on Maui. I lived in Lahaina for uh, two years back in the early '90s. Oh, dang! So you—it um... uh, was a—it was—it was a very quaint town. It was like there was buildings there that were over 200 years old. Oh shit! And even when they changed businesses, they kept the building. They never changed the structure, and um, it was very nice there. And I saw that on the news uh, yesterday morning. I almost cried because I lived there, you know, and it was a very beautiful place to live. Right. So it definitely touches. Um... Touches your heart in a special way because because you lived right there. You lived right there. Yeah, matter of fact, did you see the video fr- uh, footage of, they called it Front Street, which is the main street, like, on the news, on fire? Well, I live literally a block behind that, so it's like I could get out of bed and then walk 50 right there. feet, and I was right there. It was nice. I did that for two years, and yeah. I never needed a car. I had a bicycle or motorcycle or a moped, and everything is very simple there. Do you have any very contacts that, that still live there that— you know? Um, uh, yeah. Um, well, my old boss, he passed away a year ago. Um, and I kind of, you know, unfortunately, I'm kind of kind of happy that he did because if he oh. would have been there now, he would have either died oh. from the fire or seeing it would have killed him because it was his, like, favorite place in the world. Okay. And so you now live in Michigan? So you got a lot of range. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm in Michigan right now. I used to live in Florida, too. I lived in St. Pete for a long time. Oh, so. shit. Where in, uh, where in Michigan do you live? Um, it's a town called Muskegon. It's over by Grand Rapids. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I, I mean, I've heard of it, but I've, I don't know if I've been there. I've been to Grand Rapids before to like drop somebody off. 
that had to go to okay, a wedding. Yeah, Bubba, Bubba knows where it is. Yeah, he, Bubba he, worked he in Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids. Yep, and, yep. And yeah, it was on my yeah. way to, uh, I think I went to Electric Forest and stopped in Grand Rapids. Would that make sense? Or maybe I got the yeah, city wrong, yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. yeah I, to, what Forest, is it, Holland? Said? Is it Holland, Michigan? Is that a place? Or did I make that up? Yeah, yeah. Roth- Holland is actually on that work in Grand Haven. And Holland is just literally next to here. It's... I know you're show. I know you're doing the map of uh, of Michigan with your hand right now, so I can see you pulling up the mitten, going. It's right here. If you ever lived in Michigan, people. Go, okay, so Detroit's right by the thumb, and you're like, oh god. So yeah, I, I know it's on the west side. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You lived in Detroit, right? I did. I lived more specifically. I lived in Royal Oak and Rochester Hills. If that rings that's a like bell. A, uh, yeah, that's per- that's like a upper area, right? Yeah, uh, it was definitely more of an affluent area. I certainly was not yeah. that, but I I was not in what would you would call the hood by any stretch of the imagination. It was definitely not in the hood. No. I was adjacent to the hood. I could touch the hood with my finger. I went to the hood and got a misdemeanor, but no, I didn't live in the hood. So You were near 8 Mile or anything like that? <laughs> I actually worked on 9 Mile. The radio station that I worked for was in Ferndale on 9 Mile, so I was one really? mile away from the action wow. yeah yeah it was a shithole and i went to i think yeah. it was a kroger on eight mile so many fucking times and then when i told someone that i was going there just to pick up snacks and stuff on the way to work they're like um how about you never fucking go there again and i'm like why it seems great <laughs> and they're like no 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 no, it's not good because a lot of times what they would right. do is that you know there'd be like a really shitty area and then they would just put like a new walmart or like a new target so you're driving by you're like oh that looks pretty new not so run down but it's the area was bad. So that's yeah. what I was unaware of because I was dumb. But anyways. Well, well thank anyways, you. Back to the whole Maui thing. Yes, I just Maui. To China and China. Yeah. Was, and honestly, my experience I had, because I lived on a big island prior to that too for six months. Okay. And Maui is more accepting of tourists than the big island is, is my experience. I mean, really? okay. everybody has different experiences when they go. But from my experience, I was there for six months and I got to know some locals some like me, some really didn't. And they, uh, white people, they were called Howleys. Howleys. Ooh, Howleys. I like H-A-O-L-E. that. H-A-O-L-E, that is what they call. And on the Big Island, they actually, there are some schools there, they actually have a thing called Beat Up Howley Day. Some of that are really against white people. There are some some locals or natives that are, that still don't, they're not too keen to white people. And well, they, hold on, when you say locals that, and white people, now, hold on. I mean, uh, th- we need to make a distinction because there are locals that are white. So, well, they call, they'll call them local hollies. Actually, the oh, term shit. local really. Even if they're born and raised there? If they're born and raised there, they're called local hollies. Oh, man. Still, that's like, you can't they're, win. They're, they're accepted because they've been there, but a local is more like if you look like Polynesian. a Hawaiian native, yeah. natives are like Polynesian. Um, Tongan and what's the other one? I forgot the other one, but there's three of them that are na- native to Hawaii. Well, no one's really um, native then, to Hawaii. Let's be fair. So well, at some point, the first ones are foot. Well, for, for, okay, fine. First on scene, fine. But like native, what is? I mean, come on. Even with like Native Americans, I'm like y'all came from Asia. Let's not lie. And then y'all came from Africa. So we're all Africans here. You know what I mean? Right. You just got there first, bitch. Yeah. Like, you know, so I, uh, yeah, that sucks. Well, well, well they, they just consider locals the ones that look like, you know, like Polynesian stuff is close to it. Like, uh, yeah, what if you're, what if you're, what if you're Polynesian, what if you're Samoan and you're from Oceanside, California, like me, and there's a huge Samoan population there. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. just go to Hawaii, they're yeah. just like, oh, you're one of us. It's like, bitch, you've been living in San Diego. What the fuck? 
they're they're definitely more accepted because of the way they look. Yeah, because well, they look local, they they're accepted more. Well, isn't that it, nice? It's more difficult for a white person. In Maui it's easier, but Big Island, my experience, it was way more difficult. They're just different there. Each island is different, though. Well, um, I've been to the Big Island, Maui, and then I was uh, I went to Lanai for a day too. That was pretty nice. That's, yeah, that's very almost primitive there. There's probably maybe a hundred people. Well, back then there was like a hundred people living on that island. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All and right. Well, get there by boat. Yeah. Well, thank you for, you know, uh, teaching me about all the different flavors of racism because I appreciate it. It's nice to hear. <laughs> I wasn't trying. You know, <laughs> no, I like it. I like it when I hear like, hey, Hawaiians are super racist against white people. I'm like, great. Awesome. It's not well, just yeah. it's not just whites, folks. Everybody. Everybody's racist, which means nobody's racist. So it's just it's cute. It's nice. And thank you so much, sir, for well, calling in. All right. Well, I'm just saying things might have changed in the last 30 years, too, because this was 30 yeah, years probably not. Happened, so. Yeah, probably not. It's probably worse. Probably worse. All right, Donna. Have a good day. All right. You too, man. See ya right. later. Um, 81390Bubba. Uh, not to kind of rehash something that we did talk about on the big show, which you want to hold, sir or ma'am or they be, whatever the fuck you are. Um, but uh, and this story really struck me. And I am talking about the decapitated baby delivery story where it's, you know, sometimes you run into stories that are absolutely so fucking horrific that they they're like they're like funny again. Like and it's not funny. It's not funny. Um, But it also like kind of is because like in my mind, I, I mean, yes, the dead, the baby is dead and that's a tragedy and, you know, we shouldn't forget it. Yes, obviously we can file that away under tragedy. But then if we kind of like look at the, you know, the surrounding environment and the facts and the cover up, that's really where my dark sense of humor kind of gets a tickle. Because, you know, in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck did this situation look like? So for those that didn't tune in in the big show during the big show, um, we covered a story out of Georgia where there was a woman who gave birth She had this doctor, and the doctor was delivering the baby vaginally, and I guess because she's kind of built like a meatball, the mother was built kind of like a, like a, she's maybe 4'10 and big. Uh, she was built like a meatball, and, and Dan was saying that, you know, when you have a, a woman that's that small, usually the pelvic girdle, thank you, Lummy, learned something new, the pelvic girdle doesn't expand, you know, as as, as far as it would if you were a little bit bigger which is odd because her hips were kind of big, but whatever the fuck. I don't know. I don't know anything about anatomy and babies and whatever. But anyways, uh, I guess the doctor was having trouble delivering the baby vaginally. And, you know, the head was out or crowning, I believe. And they couldn't get it. So she was like, I'm going to just pull real fucking hard, like really hard. And she boop, uh, popped the baby's head off. Okay. Now, that's, again, a, a different situation than like breaking the neck which isn't ideal either of course but like to completely detach the body or sorry the head from the body I imagine you would have to use like just an insane amount of force like Dan was saying maybe not so much to break the neck but like to tear the skin I feel like it's kind of like trying to tear like a yellow book remember the yellow book the pages whatever uh, the, the phone book, you're trying to tear it. Easy to tear a, a page in the yellow book, but to tear the book itself is a little bit more challenging. And I imagine that pulling the head off of a, of a 
baby infant that's not even born yet, it would take a significant amount of force. Oh, Tease with the 49ers! (laughs) Really making my weekend, guys, and I appreciate you. Um, But really pulling that head off, I mean, um, the, the first thing that came to my mind was like, the the doctor's reaction maybe like if there were a few nurses like i've had some real shit days at work not gonna lie whether it be here or when i was working at the bone um or just you know when i got fired for stealing lettuce i mean i've had a, a long history of employment and getting fired and whatever everything in between i've had some really bad days at work never have i ever probably had a day at the uh, at the level of just complete misery and despair as this, and again, I feel bad for the parents and the baby that got decapitated, but the the doctor that was delivering that baby, and she's pulling and she's yanking and she just rips this baby's fucking head off. Was she like, you know, in my mind, like if I were her, I'd be like, oh, and then like you look at the nurses and you're like, like trying to trying to put it back together. You know, I had I've had one of these situations. Not trying to compare, you know, this baby situation to, um, you know, a, a baking mishap. But you know, like say you're baking and you're like, "Fuck!" I used the wax paper instead of the parchment paper. Now I fuck I have to throw everything out. Or maybe your 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 cake is undercooked and now you have to throw it out and start from scratch. I'm not trying to, you know, be flippant about this comparison. But you understand where you're like, "Oh fuck!" You know, and you're trying to you know, salvage it, maybe squish the cake together so it's a little bit more like a brownie. You're just trying to salvage it. Can't really do that with a human uh, baby. You know, so I can only, I just want to be a fly on the wall where she rips the head off and goes, oh, fuck, shh, like Cynthia, shut the fuck up. Okay. And then she's like, you know what, we're going to go, uh, we're going to do a cesarean. Uh, everything's fine. We're, you know, just trying to, you know, uh, probably just be better if we just do a cesarean real quick. Then they do the cesarean, pull out the rest of the baby's body, which is just, you know, everything minus the head. And then to have the audacity to be like, here's your baby, something went wrong. And they literally put, in the report, it said they put the fucking head of this decapitated baby on the body and like wrapped it up, like wrapped it up like a fucking sandwich and was like, Here's your baby. It's dead because of something. I don't know. We probably shouldn't do uh, an autopsy. Just cremate it. Get this the fuck away from us. Like that cover up. Like I cannot even imagine being that doctor. And again, this isn't this isn't a story of sympathy, but more of just curiosity. Like how the fuck you just you just rip this baby's fucking head off. You're a physician, you know, and to be a physician and I've had I have friends who are doctors and surgeons and oncologists and radiologists. It's not like you just do a summer course and you're a doctor. It's a significant portion of your life dedicated to this profession to become, you know, uh, experienced. And you go to the med school and you take the MCATs and you take a bunch of other exams. And then you get the residency and then you have to be a resident and then you. You know, and then you have to work your way up in a fellowship like it's a whole thing. And then now you're practicing for many, many years. And then you're, you know, you become this OBGYN. And I look this bitch up like so it's a woman. She's a black woman. Like she's done all these amazing. Maybe, you know, the first doctor in her family. 
maybe the first college educated person in her family. I don't know. I don't know her family history. But then you go and you're just like, wow, I'm this OBGYN. I'm helping babies. I'm helping mommies. I'm just I'm just a fucking bad bitch. And then you fucking rip this baby's head off, you know. And I'm not trying to defend the doctor. I'm not going to do that. But it just kind of sucks that you could deliver 10,000 babies and they're all alive and kicking with their head on their shoulders. And you have one fuck up. Now just one little fuck up. And you're done. You know? Um, I don't know if this leads to I mean I'm assuming this is criminal I don't I don't know how law works I feel really dumb when it comes to uh anything that has to do with litigation laws I don't I don't really know too much so I can't really speak on much but when something when there's a medical malpractice situation I'm assuming most of it is is civil shit but then it's like do you uh, I I understand she probably wasn't trying to play you know pop off heads what in the in the delivery room i imagine that it was a mistake she wasn't trying to kill babies um does she go to jail you know and then what does that look like it's like what are you in for i fucking murdered this person i raped this person i what i i i was a stalker and killed uh my ex-boyfriend's new lover and she's like, I fucking I decapitated this baby by accident, popped his head off by accident. You know, what does that look like? Do you go into hiding? Um, I have a feeling that her career of being a physician might be over. Maybe she can kind of transition into uh, what's a low stakes doctor? I don't know. Uh, a vet tech? I don't know. I don't. I feel like no one will trust her to do anything. And then it's like, now you've lost all the confidence. Think about it like how Dan is treated here. And within the show, within his family, like we, you resort to Dan. Dan, what, tell me about this rash. Dan, I have this thing on my finger. Dan, my knee fucks is fucked up. Dr. Dan, my ear is fucked up from cough. Dr. Dan, you know, I'm sure she was that person in her family. And now she's probably not. You know, she worked so hard. And they're always like, Tracy, I think that's her name. Tracy, like, I got this rash, I got this thing. And then, and then it's like, well, I was going to ask Tracy about it. And then maybe Tracy's cousin is like, let's just back it down. Tracy pops heads off. So, you know, your um, autistic you know, 12-year-old niece could probably have delivered that baby better than Tracy did. So let's not... Let's not put too many expectations on Tracy. She's she's not she's not doing so well. So, you know, I just kind of want to see that. I, I would have loved to see not the actual decapitate. Well, maybe I would have wanted to see that. Just to see the amount of force. I mean, was she really like fucking like playing, you know, tug of war with this woman's pussy and the fucking baby and just fucking... I, I don't know. But also, I just... I want to see the reaction of like where she's like, fuck, shit, fuck. Um... And then, I mean, props to the hospital for fucking, you know, I feel like they could have been like, this doctor doesn't work for us. This is some fucking bullshit. We didn't want to hire her. You guys brought her in. This is your deal. They didn't do that. They were like, we're going to fucking, you know, she probably had some cronies in there where they're like, we're going to, Tracy, don't fucking worry about this shit. I'm going to get you out of this girl. Don't you fucking worry. We're going to get out of this. Oh, here's your fucking baby. Wrap it up. Oh, look at your cute baby. Oh, it's dead. Oh, no, we should throw it in the fire. Um, so, you know, props to the hospital for, like, trying to have this doctor's back. 
be like, yo, we're going to. And I know the hospital would also be liable as well and all that sort of shit. But, you know, it was a, it was a, it's an old college try of trying to cover up uh, accidental decapitation, dead baby Willie. Like, I hate that. That sucks. That super sucks. And the family didn't even know until like three days afterwards when they took it to the funeral home and they're like, uh, funeral home like calls the authorities be like, hey, this baby in this head is like, they're not attached. So that's like a problem. Um, and you'd think that someone would find out through the pipeline. It's like, how do you, how do you cover up that crime? That's another game I like to play with myself where it's like, huh, you, you see something, you got, you're in a pickle. You're in a fucking pickle. How do you get out of this pickle? You know, um, what do you do? I feel like the first thing you do is you call up friends that are smarter than you and you go, hey, you want to meet for coffee like right now? I thought you were at work. I'm not. Let's meet for coffee. And then you, you know, you go somewhere, you put all of your phones in the fucking freezer and you're like, how the fuck are we going to handle the situation? And you brainstorm, you throw out a few ideas. And if they're real friends, they'll help you bury the body of that dead baby. So I don't know how to get out of that. I, I think uh, it, it, maybe it's the best to just get in front of it and be like, yo, I just fucking popped this baby's head off. Sometimes I wonder about that when I'm in a situation with Bubba. You know, I'm like, I'm in hot water. You know, I, I bitched about the light being too bright. Wah. Um, how do I recover? You know, jujitsu is kind of the same way. It's like, oh, no, my arm's above my head. It's uh, it's subject to an arm bar. Now, how do I get out of this pickle? Oh, no, I'm on my back. Oh, no, they've got they're choking me. How do I get out of this? Sometimes it's fun to get yourself into a little bit of a, a conundrum, a little bit of a puzzle, and you got to solve it. Um, but probably not so much when you just pop the baby's head off. So, interesting stuff. I'll take this call right now. Hello, who's this? Out of homo, Joe the Supermarket. Joe, the show wouldn't be complete without a call from you, sir. I'm glad you said that. That makes my day. I just want to say something before I get into what I actually called about, because mm-hmm. you brought up the baby first. Yeah. So, this, this, and I'm not trying to be funny, but I have to ask a question because of the 10 years difference in us. Maybe you've never heard this, but there used to be a thing when I was a kid. Mama had a baby in its head, popped off. Did you ever hear that little nursery rhyme? No, that's horrific. That's a really gruesome yeah, one. I don't remember what it was. How about got your nose? Do you remember that? Like, um, Just like the finger between, like the thumb between your finger? Yeah, the, the thumb between the fingers that got your nose. Like it was just another one of those gimmicks. Mom had a baby in its head, popped up. I don't remember why it was done, if it was feeding or whatever the reason was. But again, I didn't know if you or anybody else had ever heard no. it. But I'm sure we'll find out eventually. No, I haven't. But regardless, yeah. the reason I had called is because I wanted, we're talking about this haircut thing in the beginning. Yes. And cutting it off, I know Joe. That that I'm a man and you're a woman and we're in completely different realms when it comes to hair. But I had nice hair and I had girl hair when I was growing up. When I was a baby, they actually thought I was a girl. Yeah. And my mom called me Josephina. And yeah, curls. Mm. But I couldn't grow long hair. I wanted to be like an 80s rocker and grow long yeah. hair. But my hair always curled up in the back. So I can never have long hair. So that was kind of whack. But when I turned 18, I started losing it. So I started going, you know, receding hairline Jones. Yeah. And then... At that time, I could grow facial hair, though. So I grew a nice goatee, and I always had sideburns. And I stayed that way my entire life until 2017. And then finally, I decided, let me get rid of this clown ring that I have around my head. I look like Bozo. Yeah. And let me just shave this thing down to zero. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten lazy, and I had, like, stopped shaving my goatee on the sides, and I kind of grew a full beard. Yeah. And then I went to my barber, and he just lined that all up. So it was drastic. We're talking my whole life. Yes. You know, clown ring, goatee, sideburns, and now I got a full beard lined totally up. Totally changes your look, your face, everything. 
Yeah, and that's when I stopped caring about what other people thought, and I just wanted to do me and what was comfortable, and that's exactly what I did, and it worked out for the better, and now I haven't really changed it. Now on the flip, I haven't had a haircut this year yet because my barber, she's like 90, and she decided she wants to stay home. So I have a kick-in beard. I got disgusting hair pouring off the sides of my head. Uh. I don't know. I'm just waiting to see what kind of flex I'm going to do on that move. Maybe I'll just keep growing it out like Lummy. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, So you're just, are you just say are you just making a comparison to your own life and in terms of me cutting my hair? Like what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is I made a drastic change. Yes. I did something that it was just off one suggestion. I, I never thought of it. But one girl said, hey, you know, instead of having that hair on the side of your head looking like that, why don't you just shave it all the way off? Yeah. And then I went to my barber, and he's like, yeah, and he did it. And, oh, my God, I have pictures from that day, and they, they're amazing. What a nice-looking man. Yeah, yeah. What happened? Right. Um. Yeah, similar situation. And like I said, there's there were a lot of things to consider, in you know, including – my, the way my face is, my nose, um, how it would look with short hair, my hair type, you know, the heat that I would get from the show and, and the people in chat. And then, you know, I would say probably most importantly is, uh, you know, what, what Blitz thought and what he was okay with. Because I'm sure I'd get a lot of heat from feminists about asking my boyfriend what's cool with him, but he's got rules that he's got to abide by. You know, he can't buzz his head off because he has beautiful hair. And I'm like, you need to have your hair a little bit longer because you look like shit when you buzz it off. And nobody liked the goatee. So you need to have more of a full beard, you know, kind of scruffy look is what I've requested. So it would be completely unfair and hypocritical if I were to just do whatever the fuck I wanted. And now he's stuck with this chick that he's not even attracted to because, you know, I look like I said... I'm trying to think of someone with short, uh, Sinead O'Connor, you know, the buzz cut, whatever. I'm not Demi Moore, so I can't pull that one. But I don't want him to be stuck with someone where he's like, man, you look like shit. Now I got to like, fuck you. Like, this sucks. Like, so I, I w- was very careful. I've asked him several times about like, you know, do you have any limitations where like, don't have it shorter than your uh, shoulders or something, you know, something like that. So I've been very careful. When you first brought it up. What did he say when you first brought it up? Um, well, he's well, like, you probably, reaction. he's like, well, you might lose, you know, 10 inches of hair and 230 pounds. And I'm like, oh, cause you're going to break up with me. He's like, right. So I'm like, oh, shit. Um, so, <laughs> well, uh, no, 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 he, he was, he was, he was kidding obviously, but, um, it, he's like, I, he trusts me. He goes, you know, do whatever you want. You know, kind of like with a, a, a wink of like with, within, you know, reasonable bounds, don't go, uh, you know, chin level or something like that. And, and obviously that's not what I'm going to do. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for something drastic, and he seems to be pretty supportive of it. So we'll see how we go. On a narcissistic dick level, and somebody may hate me for saying this, but I had my girlfriend of 13 years, and she had done color to hair so many times that it started falling out, and then she had no choice, but she had to take it down really, really, really short. Yeah. And then she had, like, she started getting a five head. And then, Ooh, yeah, yeah, that was about enough for me. I, I, I what, what the hell? Where are we going to go from there? She was starting to lose her vision. Her teeth were starting to gap out. I feel like that's unrelated like, to the hair dying, or um, was she no, eating no, no, the no. dye? She had diabetes before all that. It just all worked together for the good to just so that I could move on. Okay, well, that's There's a cautionary a tale. I probably didn't need to hear. So, whatever, dude. Hey, just wanted to say uh, <laughs> a total situation. Yeah. I hope that that there's not going to be heat on day one when he when he returns because it sounds like he got a little uh, 
resentment under your belt from things that he it's said. It's not really resentment. It's podcast. more like he creeped me the fuck You're out. Do you remember that? Or was this, this may have been when I was at the bone. I don't remember. It was around 2019 or 2020. It was one of those years. And he did a podcast about like which radio personality he would like to consume. And I don't even mean this in a sexual way. This is strictly like he wanted to eat me, like eat food. And he was talking about my ass, which is fine in, if you just want to objectify me. But if you're talking about consuming my body like a sandwich, that kind of concerns me. So, yeah, that kind of put me off on Tuttle. I'm like, what a fucking weirdo. And then, you know, now that I'm going to have to be sitting, you know, feet from him twice a month is, uh, you know, is, is making me a little anxious. Not that I feel like he's going to lean over and try to fork me or anything, but you know, it's one of those, not, not fuck. I said fork me. Um, but it's just a little bit odd and I, he's, he's a fucking odd dude. And so, and I'm an odd per, I'm an odd chick, so I get it, but it's a different kind of odd. Like I'm quirky and like funny and smart and adorable and sweet and cute and beautiful and pretty. I'm all of those things. And he's just kind of like fucking weird. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, but do you think that, that what he said there is worse than having you eating an apple through a fence? No, thanks for bringing that up, though. Appreciate it. Fuck well, you, I Joe. I'm not the one that said it. Fuck you, Joe. Hey, by the way, you know, the lighting on you today is just unreal. I don't know if you can see yourself on the screen, but you're yeah. even, you look like you've been tanning every day. Yeah, it's the light or lack thereof. So, uh, yes, yes. Cool. And on that note, I promised I wouldn't compliment you anymore because everybody got so offended. Yeah, I, so I saw people in chat you. saying that you'd, you'd, yeah. Yeah, you'd like lick my armpit Whatever. or some shit. Yeah. So hey, they're just haters. We can't compliment anybody anymore. Yep, we can't, can't say do it anymore. Nice, mm-hmm, no. nice clothes. Can't crack jokes. Can't, can't say great delts. Can't great back. Can't even card anymore. I know. It's ridiculous, Joe. The world what we live in. What is the world coming to out of Hummel? Well, anyways, I know. I know. Weekend, God I appreciate bless. you. God bless. God speed. And God bless. Um. Yes. Thank you, Joe, for calling in. Um, in regards to, you know, the haircut thing, I I know that, not that we have a huge feminist base of listeners, which I am so grateful for, but, you know, it is crazy in this world that, God forbid, a woman or a man or what the fuck ever asks their spouse, is it okay to do something? And it's not like I'm asking permission, like, you know, he won't allow me to do it, but it's one of those things that's like, if I just, if I did it, what would be your reaction? Would you A, be supportive? Would you B, break up with me? Like, you know, and I don't want him to feel like he's stuck with someone that, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone, even if you're not married, you're, you have a, or a monogamous relationship, I should say, exclusive, you, you're in this agreement that, you know, you're not going to fuck other people. That's pretty much the premise of any typical relationship. I know there's people who have open relations in the poly and the fucking bi, I don't know. But for most people, gay, straight, otherwise, when you say you're in a relationship with somebody, usually that's the only person you're fucking or supposed to be fucking. So it, you've, you've trapped this person. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, and so that's why I'm, I'm very careful as to when you start making drastic changes to the way that you look, whether it be gaining a thousand pounds or cutting off your beard or cutting your hair off or doing something crazy or getting breast augmentation. I think it's important to consult your partner and ask them, what would you think about this? Because 
I will still, you know, I want to make sure that you still want uh, to fuck me and me to fuck you. And if we're the only people that we can fuck, it would probably be nice if you still wanted to, they were nice to look at, you know, if it's what you signed up for. I signed up for this person that had long hair. Hey, I signed up for this person that was, you know, 210 and not 610 pounds, you know, that sort of thing. So I think that it's important. And, uh... I know that I've I've said things like this before about consulting a partner about something and I've gotten some heat for it. And I'm like, but why? Why why is that inflammatory if I ask my partner if it's okay? I think it's the way that they fra- I phrase it. It's okay. You can do whatever you want. Why are you getting his permission? It's really not about his permission as it is his blessing, you know. He's not going to stand in my way of getting it, but he can very well break up with me and I'm trying to prevent that from happening. Um, I really do hate feminists. If I might just go on a, a brief feminist rant for a second because they really are the worst. They are just so... Probably my least favorite thing about them, the thing I hate the most, is that I, I've never met a group of people that are so void of a sense of humor. Like, they enjoy being angry. I feel like I've never met... a f- like a feminist comic and every once in a while you'll see it on like Instagram or something. And they're just absolutely the least funny um, people that you, you, you could ever meet. They, uh, they hate an entire, you know, half of a species, which is odd. Um, They, they, they're supremacists in a lot of ways, feminists. And I feel like a lot of women who, who claim to be feminist because feminist is the right word to use. So they go, I'm that, but also like, I don't want to work and shit. And I want to just sit and do nothing. You know, that sort of thing is odd to me as well. It's like, well, clearly you're not a feminist, but you feel like, and it's like, what the fuck is a feminist? And how many waves of feminism are we going to have? You know, this third wave, fourth wave, maybe the first wave was cool, you know, Women could vote. Maybe they weren't property, which I know is the, I mean, every man in my sphere, whenever you mentioned, you know, prior to 1920 when women couldn't vote and, you know, even before then when they were property, it was the, you know, all the good old days. I'm like, okay, dad. Great. Thank you. Thank you, boyfriend. All right, Bubba. Got it. Good old days. Um, And if, if we're being like, um, reflective we can go yeah that probably wasn't the move to have women you know slightly higher than chattel and cattle and whatever but uh, i i think it may have gone a little too far sometimes you can do a good thing and 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 take it to a point where it, it does bad things like for me in intermittent fasting right it worked, it worked, it worked, and then it worked too well, and then, then I became catabolic. You know, everything relates to health and fitness for me. So, you know, some people relate things to sports. I relate things to intermittent fasting. That's kind of, that's my gimmick. So I think with feminism, it may have gone a little too far. Um, I think it's okay to kind of lean into, well, it is hard to lean into biological shit when, you know, the basis of biological shit has been thrown out the window by another movement of the, you know, the alphabet soup crew who are kind of related to the feminist crew loosely, but also not necessarily. So it's uh, it's it's an interesting thing. It's interesting times. I, I like feminists because they're easily triggered. Like they have... 
no impulse control. You know, they immediately get mad, even when they know that people like the patriarchy is trying to make them mad because it's funny. They seem to always take the bait, you know, just because the bait is in front of you. You got to just be smart enough to not give your enemy what they want, which is a reaction. And again, I'm guilty of taking the bait many times with chat where I'm like, don't get mad. It's fine. And it's funny because, like, I can see the same comment, um, you know, then depending on the day and how much sleep I've had or what mood I'm in, I could just be like, you know what? Fuck you. And that's usually when I go into my, you know, I might tell you I hope you get cancer and die. Like, I probably don't mean it. But in that moment, I mean it, if that makes sense. Like, when I'm in a calm, sober state of mind, I can go, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't wish cancer upon that person now. But in that moment, like, you know, if you guys have seen me, you know, where the, the heat is real, the feeling is real, you know, the the Lummy uh, wasn't invited to the birthday thing. That was real. That was fucking real. A lot of things are turned up for radio. That wasn't that that was real. That hurt my heart. Um, and then sometimes when I react to things in chat, a lot of times, you know, you can usually tell when I'm trying to dial up the animation. But sometimes it's fucking real. And in that moment. If I'm being truthful in that fucking moment, if I tell you that I hope you get cancer and die in that moment, I mean it. I really do. Because that's what I think of you. Garbage. Um, that is all for today. I'm going to go cut my hair off. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Be safe. Drink responsibly. Responsibly. Did I say that right? hope so. Uh, thank you to Brian from Philly, JMH3. I think I said, I think I said that right. Uh, uh, Tease, sister girl Tease, appreciate you. Have a fantastic few days off. If you're awarded that, if, if you're working, keep working hard. We appreciate you. If you're on the road, FTE all the way. And uh, I love you guys. I'll see you on Monday. <laughs>